I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Queer Talk, a queer podcast that brings you a regular dose of positive news stories and fabulous interviews. Today we're bringing you a short but sweet dose of LGBTQ plus goodness. During LGBTQ Plus History Month, we spoke to some great individuals from the community. Introducing Paul Allard. Hi. So, first question: What was LGBT life like when you were growing up? So, I grew up in a small village in the middle of the countryside, where so I had very loving parents, but my school life was very difficult. It was very traumatic for me. From primary school to leaving secondary school, I was bullied constantly. I was picked on. When I was young, I couldn't understand why children were so horrible to me. And um, there were no positive role models. There were all the kind of sort of camp gay icons like Danny LaRue or Dick Henry's Mandy or Larry Grayson or people like that but there was no gay life wasn't really talked about my parents certainly didn't like you know talk I, you know I couldn't talk to anybody about it and throughout my younger schooling years, I used to wake my parents up screaming with nightmares and stuff like that but and every day you had to navigate like sort of through school on a daily basis it was like hideous I, I you know it was it kind of like sort of scarred me for life and it made me have very low self-esteem of myself and my default setting has always been you know what the how you know you're rubbish you're nothing you're you know there was like in my life when I was about 15 16 there was everybody was kind of like would go to the pubs or well it was quite early to go to pubs and i discovered people who accepted me who were older in the pubs it was like a punk scene so i I was a punk as a way of expressing myself i couldn't express myself as a gay person so i used to wear all black and i used to have like you know spiky hair and it was like an embarrassment to my parents but this was a way of expressing myself and so when i started to go up to pubs in town there was one pub in particular which was there were like other pubs that had punks but it was just one pub in particular where everybody not everybody but most people were accepting of me and i was no longer an outcast or a freak or and so from that point on i didn't um, associate myself with like people that i was at school with i would like hang out with older people and that was kind of like you know a great relief but i still wasn't out i had like sort of girlfriends you had to have girlfriends to mask the fact that you know um that i was gay it was pretty obvious that i was gay and at 18 i moved to london um i was the archetypal small town boy with like some people from the punk scene in the town that i came from they moved to london and so i moved to london and we lived in squats and we were like i lived in a squat that was like very political though people were all anarchists 
they were anti-vivisectionist green and common people they were like sort of we were vegetarians we were kind of like sort of and that kind of like was a real liberating time and then i started to meet gay men one or two and eventually i moved to south london and so this was in the early that was 85 that i moved to london 1985 and then a couple of years after that after i met the beginnings of my gay family then i moved to south london where well in north london that's where the squats were and uh this one guy who was visiting his sister who I lived in the squat with, he came out to me. I was like a few years of, older than him, obviously. And so he said, let's start going out clubbing. So we went to the Bal in King's Cross. We went to the Scala Cinema in King's Cross that used to have the all-nighters. And that's where I became, that's where I could allow myself to be gay man. Because I was still kind of like closeted when I was like living with the anarchists. Although they were great people as well. But And then we moved to South London and then started to sort of live, to come out as a gay man and to go to places. Like the Prince of Wales was a pub in Brixton that we used to go to. The Market Tavern was a place in Vauxhall that we used to go to and there were like sort of on there were like sort of parties there were like sort of people would host parties um yeah and that's where I flourished as a gay man and um but I was still I was kind of unaware of my femininity but I wouldn't say that what I how I would describe myself is that my feminine energy is stronger than my masculine energy I don't class myself as like or see myself as a camp gay man or a queer queen or a puff or whatever people describe me as it's very difficult to kind of like sort of accept the bigotry that i faced as well within the gay scene for being camp or like the way that i talk it isn't like you know i'm not overtly camp but um i was unaware that i was kind of like good looking or whatever but i still faced bigotry from gay men that kind of I just couldn't that was really difficult for me as well because now I'm sort of in my early 50s I'm accepting of who I am and I just think you know but I spent most of my life hating myself and self-loathing because of the way that people saw me or but beauty and good looks style or fashion or whatever that's all surface what you have inside your heart is the most important thing and it made me be the difficulties i faced made me be very empathetic very caring very loving person so i hope that's answered question number one for you what is a memory you hold on to that you'll never forget well that's a very difficult question i have hundreds of different memories that i what can i remember falling in love for the first time with a man being deeply in love and very naively in love and having my heart broken by that same person but still friends with him 30 years later the joy of going to like sort of the clubs dancing having a gay family that you cherish that you replace your normal your family that you come from your biological family to when you come to london those people the friendships that have existed for 30 years going to kinky galinky dressed up and coming around from chinatown and there was a huge crowd and everybody screaming because we were all dressed up dancing dancing and enjoying music going out every night of the week except for at the weekends because at the weekends people from out of town came into london so this was in like the 80s and the 90s falling in love with new york in the early 90s going to new york and just falling in love with the city 
um, with people that I was totally intoxicated with that would go there. I'd go back twice a year for years and years and years. People dying of AIDS and losing friends in the mid-90s into 2000s. Oh, God. Being diagnosed positive myself in 95 and surviving. I was the first generation of HIV men that the combination therapy worked and kind of like just learning to appreciate life and being kind and being good to people and you know having long-lasting friendships with people and when I meet young guys or new friends or I just try to kind of like help not help them but I'm quite a compulsive carer which I try to stop doing now so much but yeah going through therapy and understanding myself psychologically which is a really important tool in life and just being thankful that I'm still you know here what part of LGBT history do you think we've gotten over time? That to be gay wasn't easy. So you had to fight for what we wanted. We had to like, when there was the first gay pride marches, we marched to protest. We marched to show people that we were equal. And we had to, you know, and remember where to know your history, where you come from and why people like, you know, it was illegal to be gay and how tortured it was for a lot of people for many, many years. And so, yeah, to be aware of that. And also that we live in an age where I think it's so instant and people are so dissatisfied to kind of like sort of read books, to kind of like, you know, we formed our own personalities, individual people, because you'd go to bookshops and you'd go and choose your books that you wanted to read and to learn from. You'd choose your music. You'd go and choose your style. You'd go and choose art. You'd go to art and you'd like, sort of, you know, art exhibitions and stuff. All the sort of stuff that forms you as a person. That seems to be all so forgotten now. To talk to people, to kind of like sort of, you know, um, enjoy each other's company. And everything's so instant. Everything's by a text or by like... And to treasure people, not just to see them for their... Project onto people how you want them to be, not to sexualize everything. Sex is just kind of like, sort of like, you know, all the things that you think are important when you're younger are so unimportant when you get older. Like, th- everything is like sort of time, you know, things pass on things aren't like you know important they're like so you know what so yeah i just think sort of like to have kind of like some sort of conscientious sort of objectives about life and about your friends and people and like yeah what advice would you give to the younger generation facing struggles today talk to somebody realize that people have struggled with your issues before don't second experience everything behind a computer screen or behind your phone go out experience life to enjoy it travel meet people do the things that kind of are gonna expand your horizons don't be afraid be individual and always you know try get into therapy absolutely get into therapy if possible to enable you to understand yourself and to give you the tools to navigate the rest of your life as a happy person most of us have suffered trauma or some sort of difficulties there are people that you know can help you don't rely on beauty don't rely on ego or career or disappointments just kind of like sort of embrace life and make friends with people who you trust try and always listen to your instinct and have a group of people who 
become you support them they support you and that you can trust deeply because those are the most important people that you can have as a lesbian or a gay man and just like you know try to be kind and be safe and be treat others as you wish to be treated yourself Don't forget to let us know that you've listened to us on socials. We're on Instagram at queer underscore talk and on Twitter we are queer talk underscore. Until next time, bye! Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.